This is Your Daily Pass. You're here with Courtney Passfield and Fiona Daly. Our goal is to share stories of people just like you and me, the ones that inspire us, motivate us and wow us with their resilience. And let's just say, breaking down stigmas along the way. Fiona, we are back with another episode. We say that every time. I feel like I need another like intro. We are back. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's that's where we get Maybe excited. Maybe you should sing your sin. Practice your singing skills. <laughs> let's not Actually, do let's that. Actually, let's not get you to sing. You're not a good singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it will be scary. So, Fiona, we're back in another conversation. Yes. Um, we are I know kicking it off. We say we get excited with everybody, but we really do. We this do. This one is awesome. Yes, and I think because it just in before recording, we have already learnt so much. So I. I can't wait to share that with our listeners yeah. and go from there. So we are talking with Alana Moller. Yes. Um, Alana Moller is... Um, She's the president of the ICPA Australia. Yes, um, yes. And being from a rural country town... This is something right up our alley. It's up our alley, but yes. we're learning so much already. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so before we welcome Alana on, I do just want to go from a bit of a quote that I read of hers. Um, it was just from a... a, a the president's report. The president's report. Yeah. That's exactly right. And it just really stuck home for me. And I think just having kids myself, you know, mm. it was one of those things that really yeah, hit home a little bit. Yeah. And it says the ICPA Australia has been and will continue to ensure our geographically isolated students are remembered and supported. Give us another sound. I know. It needs a round yeah. of applause, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so without further ado, Alana, Welcome. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thanks oh, for joining us. Yes, exactly. Awesome. And coming on with, like, not much notice, let's put it that way. That's for sure. <laughs> we asked you yesterday. <laughs> we go with whatever happens in, in, in my life. I go with whatever happens whenever it happens. <laughs> oh, that's a True. good philosophy to live it. by. <laughs> so, Alana, this is actually something that's become, you know, I didn't know a lot about it, but just from reading and that little bit of research and now chatting, it's actually quite interesting to see what the ICPA Australia actually does. Alana, yeah. can you kind of give us a run through of what they do? Okay, so ICPA actually um, is an acronym for the Isolated Children's Parents Association. Uh, we're actually celebrating 50 years of the ICPA oh, this wow. year, so it's um, wow. been ongoing for 50 years. Um, it, it started in uh, the back of Burke, literally, in New South Wales, um, when some uh, parents of geographically isolated students uh, came together. Uh, there was a local hostel that their students would go to and attend, and um, there was a threat of it being closed down. Um, and so they, uh, from those beginnings of, of um, a, a small group of people in a, a you know, in a rural township, um, they we've, we've developed into a national organisation. So now we have a federal council, which I'm, as, as you mentioned, I'm the federal president of the Australian Children's Parents Association, and then we have state councils in five different states as well. Uh, so, and then we go down to a branch level and we have, um, just over a hundred branches across Australia as well. Uh, and, uh, those branches are who, uh, are our grassroots members and they're the people who bring their issues to, uh, ICPA Australia and ICPA state councils and they bring their issues to us and we advocate on behalf of them to government, to other organizations, um, wherever, whoever will listen to us, we'll advocate (laughs) on behalf of. Of our members, yeah. It sounds like a full-time gig, Alana. Yes. It, it takes a bit of time. Um, it's a completely voluntary um, 
asset for everybody that's on on a council, and and um, it, it's something that we all do um, because we're passionate about it and we care and we, we um, believe that all children, regardless of where they live, should have access to an equitable education. And and the word equitable is, is what um, we really focus on, um, equity, not equality. Um, so you can give everybody the same thing and they may not be able to still do the same thing, whereas if you give somebody a little bit extra because they may have a little bit less otherwise, um, that may give them the chance to be the same as the person who who may not need quite as much assistance as them. Um, There's a really great, great, um, uh, these days we call it a meme, but there's a picture of of kids standing at a fence and, you know, you give, there's a tall child, a middle-sized child and a small child, you give them all the same size box and the small child still can't see over the fence. Whereas if you give the small child a big box and you give the, the big child a small box, everybody gets a chance to see over the fence. Does that make sense? Yes, yes perfect. perfect. Yeah, Love it. Yeah. Perfect analogy, isn't it? Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Yes. yes. Wow. It really puts into focus what what it is that you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so you guys are always rallying to get funding, and obviously we say remote, and you guys do live remotely. How far are you from your nearest centre? Uh, so I'm on a cattle station an hour and a half west of Clermont in central Queensland. Yes, nice. And we talked before. Well, Courtney came and mentioned to me when she just arrived that. Um, being rural and remote, it it just depends. You know, we're not all going right. This is all agricultural families that you're helping. It's it's everyone. And we talked about you know where those towns are. There's all sorts of services, and that was something new to me. I kind of really did just assume that it was for people on properties whose kids needed a hand with school of the air, and that was. I guess I'd put you in this little box, but you're exactly you're huge, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, and when we look at geographically isolated, it's not just about distance education students. It's not just about boarding students. It's about anybody who is geographically isolated or isolated from access to the level of education that they um, aspire to because of where they live. And so that may be somebody in a rural township who needs to move away to access tertiary education. So, you know, we will advocate for those. We advocate for those people so that they get assistance with that move and, and being away from home to, to be studying, um, you know, at a tertiary level. Um, we, we advocate for training students who may be doing an apprenticeship in a small town or a small rural town and they have to travel away to do their, uh, you know, theory side of things and those sorts of things. You know, we, we, wow. we advocate for that across the board from... From early childhood through to tertiary and training kids and everything in between. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's, it's broad, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. You just taught me something right there and we're six minutes in. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Just <laughs> learning about it's not just, like you said, like in my head, and I know I'm just putting them in the same box, it was just definitely for people that lived on properties yeah. and, and probably just so all of their schooling, you know, not yes. thinking uni, not thinking no. apprenticeships, not thinking well, any further think about from that, that. Like we have apprentices. Yeah, exactly. We ask ourselves, we have had to travel like for us our nearest area was what Mackay which is three hours away yeah um so that's exactly what they're here to support yeah Yeah. advocating for wow my goodness you are a busy woman oh I I do it because I I have a passion for it and um as as you both know I was a high school teacher in another life and uh 
it's it's just something education and, and access to education is just so important for um, our children and, and you know you would both do the same for our children to have access to education so they their future is, uh, looks bright that's that's so important. Oh, absolutely. And you're probably the perfect person to have that understanding of it because you were a teacher. And I said to Courtney, I'm pretty sure she was like my teacher yeah. in grade nine. <laughs> um, you know, like you were a teacher. So uh, and you are to, a teacher. Yeah. Sorry. So like you absolutely understand what could be missed out on and what needs to be done. Because for those of us whose kids are only little, like that you, understanding is not there. You don't understand yet, do you? Yeah. No, that's, you know, and, and, I think perhaps that little bit of knowledge, it, it makes you go, okay, well, I've got this bit of knowledge and I've got this bit of this, this background and I, I've got this understanding, so why shouldn't I put myself forward to, to help out all the kids across the board? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so do we have, you know, how how many people or families, like how how do we talk about how many people these this ICPA helps? Yeah, helps. Okay, so um, we have... Uh, people can become members of ICPA. Um, our current membership base is 2,500 member families. So, you know, mum, dad and the kids are the other members. Um, but obviously that doesn't take in everybody in rural and remote Australia. So, you know, uh, we we would um, welcome any members. Anyone can join up. You don't have to be in rural and remote Australia. If you care about equitable education for kids, you could join up and become an ICPA member. Um what does happen though is, is people join branches um, and then we have state and federal conferences. And so at the state and federal conferences, delegates from the branches actually come to those uh, and put forward their uh, what like motions, um, what they request for the federal or state council to uh, advocate for. And that's how our policies develop from what our branch members, our, our grassroots members bring to us as what they see as a problem. Um, obviously, uh, you don't have to wait till to a conference to to bring something to us. So um, particularly in COVID, some things change overnight, um, and so uh, we have contact. Um, you know, anyone can t- contact us at, at any time with um, if there's an issue that uh, you know our members contact us at any time with it, any issues that they might have um, that might arise due to whatever situation may be happening at the time. Wow. So what's, yeah. how did everything work, you know, this last year with COVID? Everything was, was it Zoom? And I think it's one thing to say, yeah. like, you know, we have said isolated. Yeah. And the word <laughs> isolated has been thrown around that much in the last 12 months. That's let's right. put it that way. So I suppose it's that difference in the geographically actually isolated, yeah. not ISO as such. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and we, we focus on that geographically side of things. And, and yes, um, throughout COVID, you know, I, I think everyone's had a taste of that isolation. Um, some things didn't change in our situation. So, um, you know, because uh, we've got federal councillors across the whole of Australia. So, you know, I'm, I'm um, west of Swermont. We've got um, councillors that come from the Kimberley. We've got councillors that come from Tasmania. Um, so we have to do, we've had to do, um, you know, phone hookups and, and online things previous to COVID, um, but of course that's been extenuated by COVID um, and and the struggle of trying to get together. So you know our, our federal conference that we um, held in August, uh, we even the federal council couldn't all come together because of people being in different states, and so uh, we did that all by Zoom. And and we do um, you know it's amazing. I can be sitting in at home and be doing I. I <laughs> 
at some points I've been doing a Zoom meeting every, you know, at least one Zoom meeting every day for a week. You know, so much has still been happening, um, but I've been sitting in my schoolroom at home doing it, or office and schoolroom at home doing it. And it was so interesting when, like, you know, a lot of mothers were doing the homeschooling and Fiona's going to jump in (laughs) on that in a second, but it was so interesting that over social media everyone was just kind of like, well, for me personally, I saw this sort of wave of everyone turning towards mothers like yourselves who do yeah. do it from home and, and learning those ways and it's like, how where, how do yeah. you do What's your this? magic trick? Because the rest of us were going insane and drinking a lot. <laughs> 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 that may happen in our home sometimes. <laughs> oh, does it? Is, is, is that home ec for you as well? I, I was feeling like maybe my children were going to learn, you know, chemistry and home ec and everything just from um, and mass from mixing drinks it really was like mind-blowing and it's something that we don't realize until we're thrown into it but that's what you guys deal with every day doing homeschool and teaching not one student but multiple yeah no we do and it's um you know it was it was a, a pleasure um at, with the difficulties associated with um COVID, it was a pleasure for us to be able to help people and to be able to put forward our um experiences and and you know you, you can survive it. <laughs> it is something you can survive. And, and um, you know, there, there are plenty of negatives, I suppose, about it, but there's also positives. And, you know, and that opportunity to be a part of your children's education and know that you're providing for them what they need for their future, um, that's, there's, there's a real um, pleasure in that as well. Um, and But, uh, you know, yeah, completely open to helping anybody out with suggestions. I, I'm no expert at it. I just do what I have to do. Um, I, I've taught the three girls at home. I've only got one at home now. Um, the other older two are at boarding school. Um, but they survived. I survived. And and um, on the other end, it's, um, you know, you can look back at it and go, okay, look, I, I achieved that. And, and we achieved that together and we worked together on it. And, and that's one of the beauties of, of what we do um, is because you're – in the situation you're in, you have to put yourself out there. Um, and uh, one of my catchphrases as the federal president is um, isolated doesn't mean you're alone. And it's um, really important for people to understand that, that just because you're isolated, just because you're away from other people and you can't be um, with, actually physically with other people, that doesn't mean that you're on your own. There's people out there who've got your back and who will look after you. You've just got to um, go searching and reach out to people. That is so true and such, you know, such brilliant words. And I think, you know, it, it, it shows all round this last 12 months exactly that, that isolated doesn't mean you're alone. It's such a yeah a wonderful takeaway. Um, can we talk about, because you did say that you've got your two older girls that are, uh, that are in boarding school. Can we talk about a little bit of the mental strain? I couldn't imagine obviously having to teach your kids and then, yeah, so you know, spending so, so much, much time, time together. Yeah. Um, is there a lot that comes with, like, hoping that you've got them up to scratch before they go to boarding school, you know? Or does your teacher background sort of jump in then? Yeah, you know that they're prepared. And you know that? Or is is there a lot of different fears in that process of them actually going? Yeah, no. Teacher background or not, it makes no difference. You know, every it's... Um, they're still your kids and they're still, um, you know, you've got that emotional attachment to them. And certainly 
that the moving them onto boarding school, I, I know they're going to be fine now. You know, I, I think that the the initial stages are, are pretty rough, and, and not just for me, for for anyone. And the the reason it's not about um, choosing to send them to boarding school, and it's not because we want an elite education for them or anything like that. It's because we can't offer them what they need as students, as global citizens, as um, teenagers. We can't offer them that in the places that we live. And so, uh, they go, you know, my head knows that they are at boarding school because that is the best place for them to get the global uh, or holistic education that they require that I can't give them at home. I could teach them the curriculum. I have absolutely no doubt about that. But I can't give them the peers in the classroom to feed off and get extra information from. I can't give them um, the, the teacher support that... Uh, are, tra- are fully trained in each particular subject teacher will give them um, and, and all those extra things that come with being in a school or in a, the in, social in a classroom. side of things yeah, exactly. yes. social, like social a, side of things yeah yeah, yeah. Extra, extracurricular um, all those mm. things that we just can't give them at home and, and because of our distance from town we can't even do you know trips to, to any specific events or be involved in, yeah. in extra wow. extra stuff that yeah. I've never thought of boarding school like that, but like you've got me wanting to send my kids because it, it's it's an all-round teaching them to be a all-rounded human being, isn't yeah, it? It's not exactly. keeping them at home and they're going to miss out on things because I don't feel like going to that or yes. you know, it steps them out of their comfort zone straight up, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I, when Mackenzie, my eldest, was um, – she was in prep and grade one. I did. I used to bring her into town one day fortnight to, to one of the schools in town, uh, and which was fabulous for her because it got her the opportunity to interact with some other peers and, and those sorts of things. Um, but uh, she participated. She she um, participated in a in a school concert preparation. So um, they they let her take part. You know, and she learnt the song and she got a costume and all those things. And when we went to come into town to go to the concert where she, that she had prepared for and she, you know, the, the teacher sent her the video home so she could practice at home and all those things. And when we went to go to town, the roads were flooded and we couldn't oh, get to it. Oh, no. You know, That's and it's, um, it, it doesn't, you know, it you know, doesn't seem big, but for a, for a five-year-old, that's big. That's oh, huge. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and and that, that's the things that, those are the things that are, a challenge when you live in a geographically isolated situation and so um, as parents we, we want to make sure that we give them the the best or, or a, um, enhanced options without those um, extra challenges I suppose but then there are challenges of sending them to boarding school too and it is that they're a long way from home and they, you're not there to support them in other ways and, and all those things and, and it's yeah, I, I'm no expert. You know, we, we all just do what we have to do at the time and, and do the best we can. Yeah, wow. And how do you go supporting them, Alana, and getting them prepared mentally for going off to boarding school and you're not going to be there to support them? Like you say, you're, you're a distance away. Uh, they were both well and truly, the, the older two were both well and truly ready to go. Partway through that question, I was like, wait, your kids are super social. They would have been totally fine. They'd have been like, bye, mum, see you uh, later. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, they were very much ready to go. They were a bit over, over having mum and in the schoolroom and that's it. Um, even, you know, when Zara came home for during COVID and she'd only been this year, so she was just, uh, sorry, last year, she just finished grade seven. And she came home and she's like, oh, I just, you know, I need to get away from this again because you know <laughs> I've only had I've only had nine weeks break from it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yeah, it, she's like, I love you, mum. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. They 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 still love me. They yeah. do still love me. I I think. Um, and. <laughs> Your relationship changes and you've just got to find different ways of supporting them because you're not there on the ground. And, and um, one thing I really did struggle with is after having so much involvement in their education to then suddenly not mm, have any involvement yeah. at all and not, not even have the opportunity to meet their teacher because you drop them off before school starts and you don't go and see the teacher or anything like that, you know, which I, I suppose in high school is probably not the dumb thing anyway to meet teachers, but that's, um, you yes. know, when you're... So, so involved in it, you're so invested in it. It's, well, you're the person, ultimately, the buck stops with you. And regardless, yeah. there are teachers at distance education centres, but don't get me wrong, you know, there's great teachers there. But ultimately, in a distance education setting, it is the home tutor who is the person who does the work with the child. And it is the, that's the person who the buck stops with in getting those children educated. Um, and, and, I think COVID's indicated that, you know, how many parents had to stay home and had to, oh. you know, try and teach their children in a month's work. And, and you know, we do that all the time. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, when they go away to boarding school and, and yeah, suddenly you just you hand them over. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I call it adjusting them out. I often adjusting them out. They're, they're <laughs> going on a different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I never thought of it I that way. I didn't think of it like that Spe- Like being so invested in their education and, like yeah. you say, the bucks sort of stops, stops with you. You and then having to go, like, Good luck. okay, bye, you and know. you've got to trust a stranger. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but in saying that, you know, there, there are so many opportunities for them and that, um, that they just do not have in our geographically isolated situation. So, you know, it, it's um, for, for, for our situation, it's a no-brainer for them to, to go away and yeah. uh, have those opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. Something I wanted to ask you, Alana, is, um, you know, you've been advocating for so many things and looking for funding and so much has been happening in the 50 years of ICPA. When COVID came along, and I guess, you know, just something that pops into my mind is I know that, you know, there's always um, challenges towards getting the correct internet uh, for students who are geographically isolated how did you guys go when you've been fighting for something so long and then all of a sudden it's just happened easily because COVID's come along and the majority of us needed better internet how were you kind of like really or is that a win for you guys as well and you hope that it continues yeah no um communication in in particular was one thing that some massive um there was some massive leaps ahead in in what was made available and and what was happening and and you know there, there have been massive leaps ahead you know uh, in communications and internet over the last you know decade really um, but some things happen much quicker and and they're fabulous we thought we we thought that was fabulous that that was able to happen and and absolutely we'll continue to advocate that those things continue and and keep going um, we know they can happen um, and so we will continue to to um, Make sure that, that the people who need them, um, and, and you know, for, in our situation, it's geographically isolated students, um, that 
while they still need it, that, that it keeps continuing on. And, and we um, really do hope that it can be built on from that, definitely. Yeah. And you'll be the voice that, you know, one of the many voices that keeps... Keeps them honest, keep, really. Yeah, 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 exactly. It keeps, it keeps, you know, coming at them and asking for that. Yeah. So for our listeners that, you know, probably are questioning, well, you live there. Why do you live there? What What would you say to that? Yeah, so, um, you know, as I said, ICPA doesn't just advocate for, you know, like for myself who, who's a long way from a town and those sorts of things. It's for, you know, rural rural and remote families, geographically isolated families across Australia. Uh we live here because this is where our work is, or we live in our situation because that's where our work is. Um, you know, I married married my husband who who owned a cattle station that distance from a, from the nearest town. In the same way that somebody else might marry a uh, accountant who lives in the middle of Brisbane, um, and that's that's their work. That's what they do. That's the job they do. Somebody has to somebody has to be an accountant. Somebody has to be in agriculture. Somebody has to be the the local stockers station agent in a small rural town. You know that's that's the way it is. That's you know that that's um, what we do. But just because of that, or because we that's our particular um, situation, shouldn't mean that our children have to do without a certain level of education or a certain choice in education. Um, the, you know, if you're in a township where there's a number of schools provided by the government, there's state schools, there's, there's um, they're provided by the government to those people who live in that township. We know that, that, that a school can't be provided for everybody. We're never going to have a school, you know, next door to our property. That's, that is not going to happen. But that shouldn't mean that, that we shouldn't be allowed to get extra support and or get assistance for our children to be able to access an education in the same way that a school is provided for people within a township. Does that make sense? 100%. Fiona and I look at each other going, yeah, 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 like this is perfect. This is what we want. Exactly. I love that. That is so true. And it's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It does need a round of applause. Exactly. Amazing. So true. So true. And and I found it really interesting when you're saying, you know, we're not silly. We don't expect there to be a school at every location that we need one. Like it's not it's not viable at the end of the day. But what we are saying is everybody is entitled entitled to education. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and just because you your your parents live in a geographically isolated situation or, or whatever, does that mean that your future is hindered? Because you can't get the same level of or, or equitable education to what everybody else gets, you know that that's you know to me that doesn't make sense. I, I just believe exactly. that that all, all all our children should have um, access to the level of education that they aspire to access. Absolutely, and you know your girls. Who knows? Maybe they're not going to come back to the land. You could have a lawyer on your hands. You could have a doctor. I mean, like. They're incredibly smart. I've seen on your Facebook posts how well they do at school. So, you know, potentially they may not come back to the land. So they're going to be able to continue. And they need that education to be able to do it. And I think the other reason or thing that needs to be noted is you also live out there because as a as a, as a town, as a society, as a everything, we need people like you. Who yeah, also are able food to come from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like we need people in our industry, in yeah. our different industries, to keep the ball rolling, to keep, you know, 
evolution yeah. happening in general, you know, like. It's an Australian <laughs> thing to have a barbecue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and who else is going to feed the population? And, and, you know, during COVID, agriculture is an essential activity. It's an essential activity. We need we need agriculture We need and we need the things associated with agriculture. And, and once again, I you know, I, it's not just about me and it's not just about, you know, um, just about people living on, on cattle stations. It's about all those other things that are associated with that as well. Um, and, yeah. and it's, yeah, much bigger than me. It's like, you know, I, I'm, um, you know, I'm just one person and, yeah, and we're yeah. just one family, you know. It's, um, our ICPA advocates, ICPA advocates for, for um, many, many um, families and, and students across the board. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, yeah. you know, for us as a business, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, we need you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. We 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 do need to. We need all those people who live rural and remote to support the small business. That's where the, you know, where IGAs are kept going. Yes. The chemists and the supermarket markets, the, even the schools, the ones that are here in town. Exactly. That's where it all comes from. That's exactly right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Short of us all moving to the city. Or moving to an urban area, you know, that, that's the way it is. Yeah, Absolutely. Alana, I'm wondering if um, you could describe maybe a day when you're at school in the schoolroom. Um, for those who are like, what do you mean if you've got a schoolroom and you're mm, teaching your child, what, what, what does that look like? Okay, so uh, when we first started, so I've just finished my 11th year. Um, of teaching the kids at home. Uh, I need to stop when, right now. Hang on, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona complained about the how many months, month, month <laughs> that you did it. So, no, you know. it was like four weeks. <laughs> exactly. Okay, <laughs> sorry. So 11 years, you know, exactly. Yeah, You've got yeah. nothing. Take my hat off to you. <laughs> um, so we set up, um, people make different choices in the way they set up for distance education. Um, generally speaking, you know, if you, you live where we live, you know that distance education is going to be the way that the kids have to be taught. Uh, people make choices about whether mum does the teaching or um, or whether they may employ another person to do the teaching. Um, in our situation, it, it was practical for myself to do the teaching. Uh, I don't say I always love it and I have, I'm not always perfect at it and yes some alcohol does get consumed sometimes <laughs> and sometimes it's those um, students really isn't it <laughs> yeah 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 no definitely um so we set up a schoolroom within our house because i was doing the teaching we set up the schoolroom within our house some people might, might have a separate building or, or set up something separately um, but ours is in the house so uh when we we get up in the morning, we do what everybody else does, getting ready for school, and then we walk down the hallway into the schoolroom. Um, and uh, so to start with, I had one, my oldest in the schoolroom, and I had one younger one, and she would just kind of toddle around, and um, I was, you know, trying to keep her occupied as well. Uh, at that time, my husband had uh, ringers working for us, uh, so I didn't have to do too much outside work. Uh, then I had baby number three, and then... Uh, when, when she was a baby, I got had two in the schoolroom, and those were the the trickiest years of all. Um, mm. Trying to teach two kids plus have another one, uh, you know, and and but we got through it, we survived it. Um, so we go into the schoolroom. The schoolroom is set up um, basically like a classroom. Um, so that we we have display things up, we have posters, um, we have definitions of the uh, wording or vocabulary that gets used for the English lessons, mostly for me to remember what the definitions are because they've changed them all with the, with the curriculum. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we have, it's, it's, 
our, our schoolroom is set up just like a regular. If you walked into a classroom in a in some in any um, school, really, uh, or primary school situation, um, the kids have their own desk. Uh, they have to have have online access, so they all have their own computers, and we have printers and all those things set up. Um, when I had, I did have three in the schoolroom for a very short amount of time, and then the eldest went away to boarding school. But uh, even even when um, I didn't have three doing school, and I still had the younger one, you know, she would still be in the schoolroom all day, every day as well. You know, so the, I couldn't just you know leave her out on her own somewhere. She had to be there with us as well. So, yeah. um, so we I had things set up for her. So you know, as she as she got a bit older, um, you know, initially she could sit in the the um, Lay her on a on a rug and she'd stay there, but then the things change, of course. So our schoolroom um, and our situation and how how I run the schoolroom um, morph metamorphoses, I suppose, over time. Yes, so we had for, for at one time we had a playpen in the one corner, so that's where sometimes I wanted to get in the playpen, but that's where <laughs> that's where this younger one would be in the playpen. But then she got sick of the playpen, so then you go on to the next thing. Okay, she's got her own little desk, and that might have crayons and paint and, and those sorts of things on it. So um, even though she's not being um, taught an actual curriculum, she she's always been there as well. So then, so um, what what would happen? What happens in that situation when you've got more than one? Um, you try and you, you've got to work between them, I suppose. Um, the the school does give online lessons, um, and depending on age group. Um, that you know that might be an hour a day or something like that. So that's when you take your opportunity. While while your oldest eldest is on a lesson for an hour, well then you work with the next child um, and those sorts of things. So uh, I'm past all those that those challenges now, and we've moved we've moved on to only having one left in the schoolroom and, and the others are at boarding school. And so what I've actually done now is I we actually have the office within the um, schoolroom as well. So I'm able to do my uh, office work and my ICTA work whilst while I'm working, you know, between helping my youngest daughter with her school as well. So uh, I sit right next to her and we share a, share a printer and all those things because, um, you know, I need to be there to make sure she's doing what she needs to do. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it may not always be direct teaching, but you do have to still be there and make sure, keep them motivated, keep them on task. Um, you know, I'm sure Fiona, you would know. You know, you've got to, you've got to keep them. Um, you, you've got to, you, you can't expect a young child to just go ahead and do their own thing. That's oh, it's not going to happen. Absolutely, it's not going to happen. Yeah, there's no yeah. way I'll leave you to it. It's I'm going to sit here and breathe down your neck and yeah. uh, keep it, yeah. keep the show and, on the road. Yeah, and as I mean, as they get older and as things change, um, the the role you play changes I suppose um, but you always still need to be there to be ready to teach them to be checking things off for them um, marking spelling um, logging them into a lesson all those things that they still need support with yeah wow goodness so as a bit of um, an example Alana how does ICPA support the schooling in the way that you do it is it sort of through funding and help to get equipment is it emotional support um, what would you say? Uh, so ICPA um, doesn't actually provide any actual funding to anybody. We advocate for funding to be made available um, from the government um, and we advocate for, you know, the support to be available from distance education schools. We make, you know, we, we um, basically we're the voice of, of families who have to access distance education um, to make sure that the, their experience is the best it possibly can be in the situation they're in. 
Um, and so as, as those advocates, uh, we, we've got their back. You know, um, they come, you know, they, they should be able to come to us and say, this is an issue. Um, could you see if, if you could work that out with somebody? Um, or, or could you address, see if you can get that addressed? So that's our, our role as ICCA is to support our families by being their voice and making sure that, um, like I said, their experience is the best it possibly can be in the situation that they're in. So, uh, we spend a lot of time speaking with, um, government departments with, um, uh, you know, parliamentarians with um, various other groups that represent various um, sections of education, I suppose. Uh, and, and a lot of our advocacy is around um, building relationships so that we can take issues to people from from our members, take, take their issues and, and hope that we can get them dealt with and, and rectified or improved for our families. So you guys are definitely at the forefront, you know. Yeah, hearing the concerns yeah, and going, exactly. right, well, how can we fix this and how can we make this better? That's a, that's awesome. Yeah, that is amazing. And, I mean, like you're the – I mean, do you feel like you're putting your head against a brick wall sometimes though? Like yeah, do you feel like sometimes lot. you're like, oh, my God, like. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I really um, – I get I take so much pleasure out of doing what I do that I um, and knowing that me being there or, or you know all of us being there and, and doing what we're doing may just make a change one day <laughs> or, or you know every now and then there is a little win and and it just it makes you feel so good to know that you've made a difference to somebody and even if it just makes a difference to one person and makes one person's um, role whether that's you know in terms of a distance ed situation or whether it's a rural school that didn't have a, a something there for them or, you know, uh, uh, any of those things. It, um, it, it's such a pleasure to know that, that we may have impacted on that and we may have helped get that happen. That's exactly right. Yeah, it sure so is. It sure is. And I suppose, like you say, you are, and we can hear you are so passionate about education yeah. to start with and so that would definitely just It'd fill your cup. It would never you off because you'd just be... Forever going right. Well, today we made leeway. Yeah. Today I spoke to somebody and they understood where I was and I wasn't living on the outskirts of a major city. Yes. Yes. Or, or at the very least, they 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 gave me airtime. You know. Yes. <laughs> you know, they might go away and shake their head and, and forget about it, but they gave me airtime. They listened to what I had to say. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is your role. And that's at the, the end only of the way day. we're going to get. That's the only way we can get the message across by just keeping going with it and keeping on going and and you know we don't intend to be in, uh, be negative about things because you know it's where we um there, there has been lots um a lot of improvements you know when I think back to when my mother in law was being taught by her mother you know um uh, the, she the difference from then to now is astounding and some things are probably um, more difficult in some some in some situations, you know, because of having tab online access and all those things. But in other ways, we've come forward in leaps and bounds. And um, knowing that that uh, is a possibility, uh, I guess, is probably what keeps us going. 
Yeah, definitely. And knowing that, you know, you know, we were just saying, you know, maybe your girls don't come back, but maybe your girls do. And one day this yeah. could be for your own grandchildren or, you know, further generations down that yeah. you're helping growing this because if nobody stands up and says anything, nobody stands up and says anything. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And if we aren't the voice for our future, who is, you know, who's going to be and who's going to um, step forward for them? And, you know, yeah, it's okay if they don't come home, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't, you know, it's about choice. It's exactly. about having choice. Yeah. And um, often in the situations that uh, geographically isolated families find themselves in, they don't have choice. And that's um, when it comes to educating their children and, and um, that's not always ideal. That's exactly right. And, and everybody does deserve that choice. Absolutely. Yeah. doesn't matter where you live. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. We've had such a great chat with you, Alana. Oh, Alana, you have taught us so much. I feel like we're all joining ICPA. Yeah, exactly. Definitely oh, when, next, <laughs> when, <laughs> when the next next cookbook cookbook comes out, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's have a quick chat about the cookbook. How many recipes have you got in there, Alana? Ah, <laughs> uh, actually, I have to say that in the the so there's cookbooks and ICPA Claremont Branch Initiative and I actually don't have any recipes in that one. So. <laughs> you, um, but you love to tell people about it and sell it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, I do. And, and, you know, on a local, lo, you know, if we go, go locally and um, the local branches, as I said, we've got um, over 100 local branches around, dotted all around Australia. And um, those local branches are essential, um, not only for, passing on what um, to, to state and federal councils, what needs to be done, but supporting, um, you know, the students on the ground and families on the ground. So um, the ICPA Claremont branch runs a sports camp that um, allows kids from out of town and from small schools that don't, you know, may not have enough kids to, to do team sports and those sorts of things to come together for a week and, and do those, you know, get the opportunity to do some team sport, do some um group activities and those sorts of things that they would normally not get access to. Um, the an, Another thing that the local Clermont branch has done is they um, funded a self-I-go for the school bus from a state trek school, for example, um, so that the bus, you know, has extra access to mobile service um, Ooh, wow. than, than, what it, than what it did, you know. And so those on the ground, that, as I said, ICPA is actually is a grassroots, membership has a grassroots membership base and and um it's about grassroots and it's about looking after people on the ground um what i do is is um act as a voice for those people on the ground because not everyone is able to go and 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 um advocate at at various levels so so um myself and the other councillors act as that as as those grassroots members voice in um other situations it's so, so important. Yeah, and oh. I love that. The sports camp is so big. Yeah, exactly. Love it. You know, That's sometimes exactly. we see them come in and they are just living the dream, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, so they're doing the things. Because you would miss out. Exactly. They're doing the things that not everybody, like that they don't always get to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think we forget that as people who live, you know, closer to town and things like that. We well, do forget that. Yeah, I mean, I was at the park this morning with my kids and talking to another mum and we were yeah. going, is your daughter doing dancing and are you doing football? Are you going to do jujitsu? Because it's all just here. Yes, exactly. And it's something we can do weekly, but to have a sports camp where you get to come and try it all out and do those sports things and learn to be a team player yes. because that's huge, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's um, it's those holistic things, 
that um, are needed in education. You know, it's all very well to say the curriculum's available, which it is, you know, distance education situation, but there's so much more to it than that. It's, you know, to become a global citizen, to be a part of the community, um, the situation, you know, just being geographically isolated and teaching your children distance education in a schoolroom at your house um, does not provide those or cannot there's no way it's possible to provide that holistic education um, we've just been talking about. Yeah, gosh, yeah. I'm so glad yeah, that thank you, you gave us the time today yes. because this has been fantastic. Yes, I've learnt so much, Alana. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being such an open book and giving yeah, us so much of your all. knowledge too because that is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thanks, ladies. Um, I, I, if you don't mind me um, throwing in another quote, I want to a, a quote that um, I, I think just epitomises what ICPA does. And you know, all of us, are, all, all of the federal councillors, all of the state councillors, our branch members are all um, are or have been, you know, in the, in the geographically isolated situations that we advocate for, um, and. We've been able to, um, or, or because we're so passionate about it, because because ICPA families are so passionate about making sure their their children are educated in the best possible way. Um, you do what you you do what you can with what you have and where you are, and that's um, the the a quote from Theodore Roosevelt that I I um, hold oh really God. dear to me, and yes. and it is exactly that: do what you can with what you have where you are, and that's what I do. I you know I. I uh, taking on the role of, of the federal president, I I can sit in my schoolroom and still teach my little girl, um, but I can be advocating for all these families across the board and hopefully get some um, uh, assistance and and support for those for all those people across rural and remote Australia because we're important. Rural and remote Australians oh. are important. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You are speaking to my soul. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you know how often do we as rural Australians? feel like we get forgotten. Mm, you know, you yes, bring up about yes. something and you're like, oh, so I'm about 10 hours away from there. <laughs> exactly. um, I can't just pop in. Is there some other way that we can do this? And you just, everything becomes so wrapped around the bigger centres that we do, we need to get that voice out there. And I suppose that's what we're doing by doing a podcast and, yes, and share those stories. And on here. don't let people forget about us. <laughs> exactly. And don't forget about ICPA, join up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Alana, thank you. Once again, so very much. You have taught us both so much. Yeah. Yeah. We Most of the time you're talking, Fiona and I had this like, you right on. Yeah, you get it, girl. I'm Look on our face. Down quotes yeah, exactly. You gave us the quote. Saying to Courtney, press applause. <laughs> so this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and your energy this morning. It has been wonderful. No problem, ladies. Thanks so much for inviting me and um, well done to you on, um, you know, what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve as well. Um, it's you know it's a real uh, privilege to be a part of a community where where we have such motivated and inspiring people. So thanks. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being one of those people that yes. inspire and motivate us too. <laughs> thanks a lot. Of thanks. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of YDP. We hope you found comfort in listening to relatable stories from the heart. We drop a new episode every Tuesday and Friday. And if you want to keep up to date, make sure you check out our socials on Facebook and Insta.